the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Welcome to Education Nation, where we tackle the biggest issues in American education. School is now in session. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Mark Durkin. Well, good evening, and thank you for joining us here on Education Nation. I am your headmaster and host, Rebecca Hagstrom, and it's a privilege to join you here every Saturday evening on AM 1280, The Patriot. And, of course, I am joined in studio once again by the wonderful producer of Education Nation and my excellent co-host, Mark Durkin. Well, thank you for those very nice words. Yes, it's great to see you again on this uh, nice and uh, warmer weather yes, that we're starting warmer, to have here yay. on this Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we're mm-hmm. very glad for that, aren't we? And yes, we are. breaking free from lockdowns. Getting uh, <laughs> outside, vitamin D, am, lots of fresh air. I cannot wait for the restaurants to open. Oh, and I the love the loon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, John. <laughs> oh, I love that. I can't wait for that sound. Actually, that is one of my favorite yes. Minnesota summer sounds. Oh, I love it that. It's beautiful. We used to live on a lake north of Stillwater, and we had loons that nested on the lake, and so they would come, of course, around our house, and oh, we just loved listening to the sound of the loons. The beautiful so. sounds of nature. Yes, it Absolutely. is. Well, uh, many of us, well, all of us remember that back on March 18th, Minnesota Governor Tim Walz declared a peacetime emergency, effectively closing K-12 public and charter schools for the remainder of the academic school year. In the midst of a spring break recess, Liberty Classical Academy was scheduled to return to the classroom just five days mm-hmm. later. That did not happen, of course, and immediately we were faced with the daunting task of transitioning a classical education from inside the classroom to an online distance learning format. Absolutely. In fact, essentially the process of making this type of transition with a classical education, it could take many months. I know in some previous conversations, I think I remember hearing you say usually something like that would take a year. At least a year, yes. But school leaders were able to put a substantial plan together in just a matter of a few weeks. Mm -hmm. And as we heard last week, a third grade teacher from LCA shared with us how she's been able to take the online teaching format and keep students focused for a full 90 minutes. Yeah, it's amazing. And another teacher we spoke to, Anna Brooks, said that a um, she's a middle and upper school teacher. She shared with us how she was successfully able to take her students along online field trips and Socratic seminars, award ceremonies. Mm-hmm. And at Liberty Classical Academy, a robust classical education is still happening through distance learning. Yes, that's exactly right, Mark, and it truly is miraculous mm-hmm. uh, because... As you said, we had five days to make that happen, and um, it's only by God's grace that it was able to to happen. Um, but in that transition period, um, you know, how did we decide on schedules and classes, the evaluation processes that would be implemented in assessing students' performance? 
Well, joining us here by phone tonight to answer these questions and many more is Liberty Classical Academy's Curriculum Director, Kathy Smith. Kathy, you have been a longstanding um, gift at Liberty since the very inception, even since <laughs> before the inception. Um, <laughs> and we are so grateful for all of your hard work, and you were critical to making this happen. And I'm so thankful for you joining us here tonight on Education Nation. Oh, thank you, Rebecca. It's great to be here. Great. Well, let's just jump right in. And, you know, what, Kathy, what were some of the initial foundational pieces that were important um, when you understood the reality that our school had to go online? Yes. Well, of course, Rebecca, I mean, you're there too, so (laughs) please jump in. But, um, you know, as a leadership team, as we met and as you were guiding and leading us, and I I thought it was so neat how you helped us each use our gifts um, in that grouping to try to understand that, you know, we knew that the vision and the mission of our school and the purpose of our school we should not waver during mm-hmm. these circumstances, even though things were changing. And so that was that was the foundational thing that we held on to. And we also wanted to remember to not underestimate our teachers and our students and to not shortchange their education because of this challenge. Mm-hmm. But then more, more importantly, we knew how important the relationship was of the students and the teachers. And so all of those things were um, in our minds as we were thinking about the program. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I remember... Um... Well, we might get to this a little bit in another question, but I remember uh, thinking, how in the world do we take a classical yeah. low-tech, <laughs> purposefully yeah. low-tech, exactly. by the way, because right. we, not because right. we don't like technology, but because we believe that the classical method is much more robust um, on its own. Mm-hmm. But how do we take that and then suddenly become a high-tech school and still maintain the excellence? <laughs> right. Uh, definitely a daunting yeah task. And I remember saying to you, Kathy, um, something about, you know, well, how could we possibly do online class or how could we possibly do live classrooms? And I'll never forget, you just said, we have to, we have to figure it out, Rebecca. (laughs) And and I loved that. And, you know, your tenacity and um, having Mrs. Teresa Clark, she's our IT person. Mm -hmm. Um, I had her researching Yes, and thankfully I had her starting to research those online options, the the live classroom options and the Google Classroom type options that second week of spring break. So we did get a little bit of a head start knowing that it was probably going to go in that direction. But we thought it would be really temporary, and then it turned out that it wasn't going to be temporary. And right. then that raised the ante. We knew we had to do the, uh, the live classrooms mm-hmm. then at that point. So Kathy... Yeah, and I just... Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to add, and it was—I think it was really integral that we we took the long we took the long road approach. Like mm-hmm. we looked and we thought, when we start this, it's got to be able to be sustainable. Yeah. Um, and if it's only for two weeks, fine. But if it's for the rest of the year, it's going to be excellent and right. it's going to be good. Exactly. So that was day one is how we started. Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. Well, Kathy, you were critical to creating the schedule too. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about how you set that up and and why? Yeah, yes. So um, we had heard from um, another school district that they had called the families, and I thought that was fabulous. So that's what we did as a leadership team. The first thing, we had our homeroom teachers and our house teachers called each and every family to identify uh, the level of technology that they had, the number of devices, 
and the bandwidth that they had. Then we took that information and we analyzed the bandwidth and we realized that if we could stagger those classes for our families, then we would have fewer people online at a time, which might increase the um, ability to have excellent online live mm-hmm. classes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also knew, like you had mentioned, we are low tech, no tech. Um, we don't want our kids in front of the screens all day long. And so we mm-hmm. wanted to allow that time in between so that they could get up, move around, get some fresh air and that. So that's how we did it. We staggered our schedule. We put the youngest ones, the earliest, um, and then um, and then the next part of the, the lower school. And then we put the middle upper school on every other hours so that mm-hmm. um, in hopes that we could keep that nice and smooth. It was also much easier to manage from an administrative uh, viewpoint, too, mm-hmm. to have those classes staggered. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can just testify personally, my second grader has really appreciated the break after her time online in the morning, and that has really mm-hmm. recharged her to be able to sit then and to work on the amount of homework that she has in the afternoon. That's good. To have that familiar mm-hmm. surrounding, that yeah. fresh air, I mean, it's been good. really wonderful. That's good. And, and why, mm-hmm. Kathy, did, uh, did you choose the Zoom classes and Google Classroom format? Yes. Well, um, another beautiful thing about classical education is that it's a, it's kind of a, a simple thing in that you don't need tons of bells and whistles in order to accomplish it. And it's also, it's not about the... It's not strictly about the content, but it's about the method. So we knew that the teachers were so important to keep the classical method um, being given to our students. And so we knew that we had to do live classes. That would be the only way. If we were just to, if we were to do an asynchronous thing where they just put videos up with um, coursework, we didn't feel like we could give that same classical methodology to the students. And we also didn't want to burden the parents a ton. Um, So by having the teachers still teaching, then we continue to support our families in the education of their children. Um, And also uh, the Google suite was something that we already had set up. So it was very easy to get all of our students in there with email addresses and and, um, Google Classroom. And it was so simple to use and so many people were very familiar with Google that it was a very sweet, smooth start. We weren't introducing all these new um, technology things that they had to understand. They just could get going right from the onset. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. So we talked earlier about, you know, the the staggering process and, you know, the amount of time that, you know, some of these classes are, are online. There, there are lots of classes. I mean, there's there's science, there's mm-hmm. history, there's the arts, there's gym, and of course, all the wonderful phonics courses and English and reading. How did you decide what classes would happen? Sure. That kind of brings us back to when the leadership team was looking at the vision and the mission and purpose of our school and how it wouldn't change even if it went online. So a classical education is a well-rounded education. It has those beautiful academic and it also has the beautiful fine arts elements. So we wanted music and even band, and we wanted FIED because that's important, and art. We wanted all of those things to continue, and Latin. And so we actually, we didn't reduce our program um, as a whole at all, but they're still there because we we felt very strongly about that when we were in a building, and we feel very strongly about that um, even now. Yeah, that's um, that's really Important. I agree with you with the classical education. It is just completely, um, um, you know, broad. And we wanted to make sure that we weren't skipping any of it. And while we did sort of change the way we were doing it, uh, where some of those elements are pre-recorded and the families can use them at at their discretion and at their own timing, um, the core part of it 
is not pre-recorded, and that is all the live classroom format that we use. So that's been wonderful to see too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, how how did you change your evaluation process during this time? Was there any change uh, uh, that was a little different? Yes, um, in regards to grading, um, especially in our middle and, and upper school, we knew that it would be more important for us to grade what was happening during those live classes than what we would normally do with the coursework that would be turned in. So for the core classes, um, we continued on with our coursework. We continued um, advancing in their um, their knowledge, and then we held them a we still held them accountable like we would, um, but the amount of assignments reduced. So mm-hmm. the things that they had to get done and then some of the, um, because of technology, there was just grace upon grace uh, for our students. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the lower school, we, again, we really focused on the things that we felt were extremely important, um, keeping up their reading and their math skills. And then we kept the Bible, um, mm-hmm. the Bible class as well, but we continued to assess in the reading and math. And we wanted to keep them, keep challenging them, and keep those uh, core those core subjects moving forward. Mm-hmm. But we were less concerned about, as Rebecca had mentioned, those things that we made available for our families as as optional. So those things um, are there for them, but but are not being evaluated. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Kathy, uh, exactly how many live classes do we have a week for our listeners? Yes. Well, if you look at our schedule for the week, you will see 234 live classes happening yeah, during the amazing. week, each week. Yeah. Yes. And they are in all different areas, times. Um, they also include special kindergarten classes where the kindergarten teacher is taking them on Imagination Airways and she's taking them to different countries. And mm-hmm. another kindergarten teacher is taking them on the Audubon Adventures. And so there's the regular classes, but then there's also these very special things for them as well. Mm-hmm. And we've even managed to do a little bit of preschool time. We have Liberty is a preschool through 12th grade program. And so, of course, everybody had to go home. <laughs> right. And what do you do with those little tiny ones? And you still want to mm-hmm. continue giving them that excellence that they've grown accustomed to. And so even our preschool teachers have done a, an amazing job of uh, activating those little ones just for a little while, you know, a couple times a week, two, three times a week. And the parents have said that I what I loved hearing the most, I think, Mark, the first week. Yes. I'm just jumping in here, Kathy. I'm sorry. But I just no, one, no, of, one of my favorite uh, pieces of feedback we were getting that first week was how excited the kids were to see each other again. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. as I mentioned at the beginning, we were on spring break and we have a two week spring break. So our spring break began on the 5th of Friday, Friday the 5th, I think was our last day of school. Of March. And, of March, right. yes. And so then, you know, we not only had the two-week break, but then that week after spring break was the week we were preparing to go online. And then we started our online program on April 1st. And the kids were so excited to see each other because it had been yeah. three and a half weeks. Right. And even the little preschoolers were so excited to see their teachers. And you have a preschooler. I have a preschooler, I absolutely. I about that. <laughs> yep, she uh, has enjoyed that process and just seeing how the kids are able to uh, chime in and to be able to speak to their teacher and how um, yeah. they're, they're seeing everybody's face at once as opposed to having to look around the circle at the uh, at the table. But I will say this too for my second grader, and this has been really wonderful, is her teacher has uh, put forth on Zoom an invitation for the girls to have lunch together 
every Aww, day at 12 sweet. o'clock. Not every day, I shouldn't say. I'm sorry. Uh, usually every Monday uh-huh. and occasionally a Friday. Oh. And I think she's been doing that for the boys as well, too, in a separate day. So the kids have been able to stay connected just over the lunch hour and the games that they've played online, like Hangman and a few others. It's been really neat oh. to see the sense of community uh, and the intentionality of yeah. keeping everyone together. That is outstanding. Mm-hmm. It's great to hear that those stories. Funny. Yeah, that's something I didn't even know she mm-hmm. was doing. That's mm-hmm. That must be Mrs. Holbrook and Mr. Smith. wonderful teachers Mm -hmm. wonderful teachers well um so when you say 234 live classes obviously that's preschool through 12th grade and Mm -hmm. um that's pretty incredible and just you know for our listeners i do know that you and a few others are always in the background hanging in the balance (laughs) because we have a couple of teachers especially initially who kept getting dropped from their students classes um our third grade teacher in fact mrs berg the one that we had on last week um she lives out in the country and they have six family members Mm -hmm. or seven family members actually five kids but the littlest one's a baby but all but that one were using the internet. <laughs> so that's six people using the internet yes. all the time. They've got, you know, kids from 10th grade all the way down to like second grade, I think. And um, so she would get dropped sometimes from her own class. And Mrs. Smith had to be watching those lights and she'd just jump right in if, if she saw yeah. that <laughs> the teacher got dropped. So there's it a lot. somehow oh. connected to her microwave, too. Oh, is that <laughs> right? Oh, my goodness. Wow. Interesting. But but I don't feel that people fully understand the complexity of of running an online program. It's not mm-hmm. as simple as it sounds, right. and uh, it, it is quite elaborate. So, mm-hmm. well, we've we've touched a little bit just on uh, students' responses and the excitement that they had once they were reconnected to their teachers and students on going online. I mean, overall, Kathy, how have they been responding over the last two months to this format? Well. I have to I have to mention that I I get the honor of being able to pop into a lot of different classes as I'm assisting and um, overall it's so exciting to see the kids their faces as they're looking at their teacher when they come on in the morning and they're so happy to see each other and almost all of the lower school classes they actually start a little bit earlier so the kids can come on and see each other and then they have time of worship together and then they jump into their studies. Um, But even in the middle and upper school, watching the discussions that are happening between the students and seeing them still interacting with each other, even through a screen, it's been it's it's kind of been awe inspiring because Mm -hmm. you don't get a chance to see their faces as closely during, you know, when you're in the school building. But to be able to watch that interaction and the love and the joy that the teachers have for their students and the students have for their teachers and the laughter and all of that, it's really made it um, like we can see some of the blessings even of being on this online format for the Mm -hmm. time that we're there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also want to mention, um, sorry, Rebecca, but um, they've gone, the students have been able to do the Google Classroom also very easily, which was something that we were hoping would happen even down to um, my son is in fourth grade and he does everything. He, he uploads all of his assignments and he follows that and tracks that. And so it's nice that it's something so simple. Yeah. That's great. That's great to hear that, that he's able Mm -hmm. to do that independently. That, yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say that I think as much as people are loving that interaction, I think some of it was because it's so novel. Um, I, I, I have to be honest, I'm also hearing from both our teachers and especially our upper school students that they just miss miss being together yeah. in the classroom. You know, they miss the hallway chatter. They miss 
all of that. And I think that does make the the live classroom time that much more important because mm-hmm. without it, they wouldn't have any interaction. And frankly, that's yep. what a lot of schools have done um, just to be a little bit simpler. They've just, you know, pre-recorded teacher instructional videos and the students are really pretty independently working and, and not having that interaction. And, and that's rough. It is rough. People are, yep. are relational beings at the core and um, human interaction is important, so we're thankful that we can still do it this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, not the ideal situation, but making the most of what we can. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. absolutely. You know, we touched a little bit, Kathy, on just some of the events that are going on in kindergarten um, in terms of the fun things, uh, the adventures mm-hmm. that you mentioned. Um, what other fun things have you added by having this format? Um, yeah, so... The teachers, I think um, you had mentioned already, they're, they're learning how to do different games. We had a teacher who figured out how to play catch with the students online where she has an invisible ball that she passes to a student and then they catch it and then they, they say the next student's name and they throw the ball and put their hands down. And so we've done that. We have teachers who have figured out escape rooms that they're doing with their students online. Um, wow. With some of our second grade, they went off into space. Um, <laughs> with We have a very cute picture of our lower school coordinator yes, and her space helmet that she made out of tinfoil. Um, and so I think it's just taking this moment to say, okay, we have technology here. How could we use it to even enhance what we're learning about right now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Kathy, I know that's, that there have been emotional challenges in this type of education. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what yeah. are some of the things that you would say have been helping with dealing with the emotional challenges of some of the students? Yeah, um, Mark, as you had mentioned, those lunches um, yes. are very important. Um, our our spiritual foundation director, um, he also meets with the boys. Um, and he had lunch with the fourth grade boys and just kind of checked in with them to see how they're doing. Um, so those things outside of the regular academic things, the support, um, we have students that are, um, they're just they're giving support to each other as well. Uh, we have a couple of high school students that are just checking in on on those that they think might kind of um, exclude themselves from the natural um, communication and just trying to check in with them and even play video games with them and just do something so that they don't feel alone. And so I would just say that um, I've seen it in our staff, just taking that extra that extra step to care about the needs and to make those social connections outside of the classroom with the students. Mm-hmm. And I know some of the middle and upper school teachers, too, have also let the kids stay on after class. So yes. class ends, you know, after 55 minutes. And and rather than just shutting down the class for everybody, he will just they will just leave their classes and let the students talk for a while amongst themselves. And that's been also really fruitful and giving the kids just the downtime, kind of like the lunches in the lower school. Yeah. Um, it just gives that, that downtime for them. And then um, I also uh, believe that with some of the kids um, just reaching out privately and just saying, you know, how are you doing? I know I've, I've sent some encouraging um, letters to the students and families and have done a couple of videos um, just to try to kind of encourage them. Um, but it's yeah. it is it is a challenge, and I I would say again that I think it's more of a challenge for the the older kids than it is for the younger kids. I think the mm-hmm. novelty of the live classrooms is 
is enough to keep the younger ones happy and engaged, whereas the older ones, that wasn't so novel for them, you know, being able to connect through a Zoom call. And so I think for them, it's been that much harder. Um, And so I think I mentioned last week that one of the things that I've done is um, gone around and brought coffees. I've been delivering coffees to our upper school students. And, you know, that was just a fun little interaction where they could tell me what they wanted um, so you have a little email conversation, you know, just over that small topic. And then you have another brief conversation when I'm dropping it off at their house. And um, it's just a nice, a nice way to put a smile on their faces and, and try to yeah. just, and then I can tell them, Hey, this is going to be over. You know, we're, we're going to be able to move on and God is in control. And so um, it's nice to be able to provide that kind of support. And I think a couple of other teachers have done the same thing. Uh, Kathy, yeah. before we have you talk about uh, how you've been supporting the seniors in this final semester, I'm really curious. You know, the senior thesis is the culmination of the classical education experience, and I'm not specifically familiar with all of the research guidelines and rules uh, that are in place of putting that type of project together, but was that impacted at all in uh, with this uh, unexpected shutdown that's come the last three months? How did students proceed in the putting together of their senior theses that they're um, going to be presenting. Sure. And Rebecca helped me out with this one. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's because it was something that was started um, at the beginning of second semester, which is about January. um, The students were already, you know, in the the normal path that they would be taking. So they continued on that path and met live with their teacher and continue to meet live with their teacher. And we're so excited uh, for their presentations on Monday and Tuesday. And I will say that I think this is um, our rhetoric teacher is saying this is the strongest batch that we've mm-hmm. seen yet and mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of it's very exciting mm-hmm. Rebecca why don't you add on yeah and that well and I don't have a whole lot to add it honestly it didn't change things that much other than the fact that the teacher mm-hmm. had to give their feedback via zoom rather than in person sure. you know um, mm-hmm. but the process has continued to roll we promised those those seniors from the very beginning that they're going to give their senior thesis. Don't worry that it's not going to be shut down. You know, we can we can still have them stand up and give their talk and and be judged <laughs> yep. and, and have to respond. You know, they give a speech, a 10 minute speech, and then they respond to three sets of judge judges questions. And we can still do that. And so um, yeah. I think that helped them to just know that that made all the difference for them to just know that they were going to be mm-hmm. able to still present. Yeah. So, you know, some of the other things that we've done for the seniors um, during the final, you know, semester, we felt bad for them, of course. I think everybody feels the most bad for the seniors. Um, Kathy, very quickly share with our listeners some of the fun things that we've done for the seniors to make it outside of the norm. Yeah. So, um, and I know this is quick, but just we put together, the Leadership 2 students put together what was called a senior surprise. So we were going to surprise the seniors and the school was going to show up at each of the seniors' house exactly at a certain time um, and then honk their horns crazily in order to get those seniors to come out and just to praise them. And so we had banners of them with their senior picture and class of 2020 and lawn signs and care packages and just lots of love and hugs. And I had the benefit of actually watching the Zoom class recording of when it all happened. And so it was so much fun to watch their history class with Mr. Vala, who's cool as a cucumber, changes nothing. And one by one, the senior, the seniors left 
as there were honk, there was honking and their family was coming to get them and they were so excited and they were so surprised. And I thought, there's no way that they didn't know about it, but they didn't. Our school kept it as a surprise and we had preschool through 12th grade, our 10th, 11th graders going to the different houses all at the same time and honking their horns and just loving on our seniors. So, so it's very awesome. special. It, it was. I was at one of the seniors' houses and he was so surprised. It was, it was just <laughs> was. amazing. And of course, we practiced our social distancing. We did everything according to right. the rules. Okay. <laughs> so, hey, Kathy, yeah. thank you so much thank for you, joining us tonight. And uh, we're just bet. thrilled with the work that you have done and grateful for the work you've done. And uh, we wish you a great evening and weekend. All right. Thank you. All right. And thanks to our listeners. And thank you, Mark. Always and, good to be here. Uh, always good to be here together. You can listen to this podcast and other podcasts at ednationmn.org. We'll see you next week.